Tonight is a very specific word for our church. It's not by chance that you're here. It's not by chance you're watching online. It's not by chance God wants to deposit some things in your heart. Amen? We're going to rely on the teacher tonight, the mighty Holy Spirit, to bring revelation knowledge, to open this word to us so that now revelation is imparted into our hearts so that we can walk in the truth of the word of God and be free in these areas. So we're going to talk tonight about how to obtain the inheritance that you already have been given in Christ Jesus. You have to know how to obtain your inheritance. We are living, living in the season of reaping. I'm telling you, God wants to, he, is, he wants to harvest into your life and get you ready for all that he has for you to do on this earth. So you have to know not only that you've been given an inheritance, it's already yours. God's not giving you anything else now. He has nothing else to give you. He's already given you everything. You have an inheritance, and you need to know how to obtain it. And the Bible is very clear on how we obtain it. So turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, and we'll just launch off right here. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, 3. Ephesians 1, 3. I love Ephesians. What a great letter to the body of Christ. Breathed by the Holy Spirit himself through his servant Paul. It says here in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, hath, that's past tense. So what he's about to tell you, he's already done. Who hath blessed us with what? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. How many spiritual blessings? All of them. He's blessed. So as you're sitting here tonight, you have already been given all spiritual blessings in Christ. And the Bible says all of them are in heavenly places. Now this is interesting because the word places is not in the original Greek. If you had a King James Bible, that word places would be in italics. What, what that means is the translators, they added that word to bring clarity. And it does bring clarity. It would literally read, he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. Okay? But heavenly places in Christ, that works very well. This is not just talking about the blessing of Abraham. Okay? This is talking about way beyond the blessing of Abraham. So here's the thing that we're just going to say right at the beginning, although you own all of these blessings, they're, they're yours, okay? You must exercise your right to walk in them. You're going to have to do something to walk in them, right? I can give you 
Well, I'll just say this. Somebody could give you a brand new car, but you would have to do something to receive it, wouldn't you? You'd have to actually take the keys, walk out, right? Get in the car and drive the car away. You ha- you'd have to secure them. And that's what's... See, I don't want to get to heaven and find out that I went through all this junk in the earth. I suffered financially. I was taken and stolen from. All this stuff. Even in our day, we've got to talk about it. I don't want to get to heaven and find out that I suffered persecution, you know, and things were stolen from me and taken from me, and I was harmed, and my family was harmed, and they didn't need to be. Right? This is so important. You're going to have to exercise your right to walk in them. And that's where believers are missing it. We sit here and go, well, you know, God's sovereign. If he wants me to have it, then I'll have it. Well, read your Bible. Right? God said, I want you to have it. Now, take it. Right? Take your healing. Take the provision you need. Stand up in your life. Use the name of Jesus and get the junk out of your life and you, and you stand and receive what I've already provided for you. That's the way it works in the New Testament. You are a child of God. God gave you authority in the name of Jesus and you have to learn how to exercise your right. And the kingdom of darkness is going to try to keep you from walking in it. Going to try to keep you from walking in it, but can't unless you allow it. Okay? So let's keep talking about this. Jump over to Galatians chapter 3 in verse 13. Galatians chapter 3 in verse 13. Again, we have another past tense scripture here. Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ hath. Again, when you see the word half, this is something that Jesus already did for you. When did he bless you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places? He did that when he came out of the grave. Well, you could say from his crucifixion all the way through his resurrection. So in about A.D. 32, way before you were ever born, your parents were ever born, you were given this, right? So now... Christ hath, hath redeemed you from the curse of the law. Now when you see the word redeemed, the Greek word means that literally Jesus came and he redeemed you. We know he redeemed you with his precious blood. So in other words, we were all dead and separated from God. We were under the delegated authority of darkness. Satan had complete control over us. We were in the world without hope and without God. No way we could ever be good enough. We could never break out of this. We were destined to be lost forever. And then Jesus came and he redeemed us. Which means, to be redeemed, means he paid a price and he bought us out 
of one place, but that's not enough. That's not redemption. Redemption means you were placed somewhere else. We know we were placed in the kingdom of God. We're seated with him positionally right now in heavenly places far above all principalities, powers, dominions, mights. Everything in the satanic hierarchy is under our feet. Jesus bought you out. See, when you start to get a revelation of this, you start to go, whoa, wait, time out. This is something that's already happened? So why, why am I... Why, why am I hurting? Why am I allowing my body to be sick? Why am I allowing lack in my life? I'm telling you, when you start to get a revelation of this and you start to know God, you'll start to get bold and say, whoa, wait, time out. Instead of sitting here going, oh God, will you please bless me? Will you please best bless me? Right? I gotta tell you, I get, you know, we talk about God, oh you know, please, oh, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. He's here. He's going down on the inside of you. Hey, I'm here. Let me, angels are standing there going, we've been sent. Will you put us to work? This is boring. Right? Watching you. Lord, come on. You know? Right? So we got we to get the tense right. That's why we have to realize we have to exercise our right and the enemy will fight you. And where does he fight you? Does he fight you physically? Nope. He fights you mentally, yeah, in your mind. Yeah. You know why? Because he can't do it any other way. Because he's been stripped. He has no authority. He can't kill you. He can't steal from you. He can't kill and destroy things in your life, right? He just doesn't want you to know that. And all these things, am I minimizing circumstances? No, they look and feel very real, don't they? But you are very much victorious over them. So let's break this down a little bit. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. If you study the curse of the law. This was the curse that came upon man. The Bible says in the Old Testament that the curse causeless shall not come. In other words, there was a curse that came on man. The curse of the law came on man when they broke God's law. Right? Sin entered the world when Adam sinned. Death came in the world because of sin. And now there's this curse in the earth. God's not sending the curse, right? God's been working the whole time trying to get the curse out of everybody's life. But you need to know, as a child of God, New Testament child of God, you have, past tense, been redeemed from the curse of the law. So in other words, Jesus came on the scene and he paid with his blood, with his very life, so that you and I would be taken out of the curse, the delegated influence of darkness, redeemed out of the curse into the blessing, into the kingdom of God. So tonight, 
you're in the kingdom right now. Wait, time out, pastor. I've, I, I don't have enough finances. No, that's not true. According to God's word, you have more than enough. As a matter of fact, you have all of heaven behind you. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. If you go back to Deuteronomy 28, it includes all lack, all poverty. But here's the thing. That spirit of poverty and that spirit of lack will never stop messing with you until you start messing with it. And you say no more. Right? Stop looking at your job and, and sitting there going, what can we afford? If you're led by money, you're not led by the Holy Spirit. And we are a final days church, so I, I, I'm here to tell you, the good news is, we won't be going through that seven-year tribulation period. The, the not-so-good news is, we will have tribulation before the seven-year tribulation. But the other good news is, is Jesus already overcame it, so you don't have to worry about it. So let's keep going with this. How did he do this? He did it by being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. See, the problem was not that man, mankind were sinners. That's not the problem. The problem is they were spiritually dead and separated from God. And this curse, see, it doesn't come... When we look at the law in the Old Testament, you had the Mosaic, right? This whole Mosaic covenant. And then you had the Ten Commandments. But the Ten Commandments never talked about a curse of the law. So it's not talking about the Ten Commandments. It's talking about the Mosaic Law, specifically in Deuteronomy 28. It lists everything from about verse 15 to about verse 60-something. So we got to get this right. Yeah, through verse 68. We are redeemed from the entire... Now, you've you got to get this. This is a big statement. We are redeemed from the entire curse of the law spirit soul and yes body yes as i stand before you today you know because i'm 59 years old and i don't look 28 years old right now so you know that my body i don't have my glorified body yet right However, my body has been redeemed from the curse of the law while I'm on this planet. My soul, I've got to renew and renovate my thinking, right, with the word of God. Because my soul is the battleground. But here it is, my soul has been redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm not made to fear. I'm not made to worry. It really messes up who I am if I go that way, because that's not who God made me. Now my spirit, on the other hand, ooh, man, I've got to look at my spirit. You, you, you wanna, if you want to look at your spirit and know what you look like, all you got to do is look in the mirror. Wow, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ 
man, look at the biceps. I'm strong in the Lord. Oh my gosh, can you see them? Man, look at those lats. Wow, I can do all things through Christ. Got to look in the mirror. Got to look in the mirror. Don't look. You're not even to know me after the flesh. I'm not even to know you after the flesh. Why do you think the whole world screams, look at the outward man? Gender, race, all this stuff. Satan loves it. Man, I'm telling you, we are more than conquerors. So you got to know this as we talk about this. We are redeemed from the entire curse of the law. I would encourage you, go back and read verse 15 through verse 68 of Deuteronomy 28. Man, it just makes me want to teach on that. You know, you go to the doctor and what do they ask you? Hey, so is there any cancer in your family lineage? Is there any? Now, you know, you have to answer those questions naturally, right? But you could, you could say, well, my earthly mother or my earthly father, be, be real careful. You got to say earthly because your lineage is really simple. Forget spending money with Ancestry.com, right? It's you are of God, little children, right? So sister, my sister, my brother, right? That's right. That's right. That's, we got to get this right. This covenant that we're talking about right now, it doesn't belong to the Jews. It belongs to the church. Verse 14, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by being made a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Why? Glad you asked, verse 14, that the blessing... Ooh, that Greek word is an awesome word. Get ready, because see, so many times we're like, oh, blessing, tell me what I get. Well, let's look at this word. It means a liberal, liberal, that means a more than enough pool of resources that you and I have been given to help and bless others. What? Time out. What about my life? Oh, no, 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 no. You're a child of God. You already got everything. You're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. But the blessing that comes upon you as a child of God is a more than enough pool of resources that you go into this earth to help and to bless others. And when you do that, God has an open door to harvest everything he's given you in Christ. Because you're righteous. The path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter to the full day. The path of the righteous increases more and more, both for you and for your children. You have the God who is holding this whole deal together, watching over you. Angels have been dispatched and are, according to Hebrews, they're sent forth to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. 
Such a powerful statement. That the blessing, see, this blessing, it's literally an endowment of power from God that will produce good things in your life so that you can help and bless others. That's what this Greek word literally means. It's literally an endowment from God. That's more than enough for your life. In other words, what do you bless and help others with? Just simply the overflow of it. And, and does it ever run out? No, no, no. No, it's from God. It's a liberal pool. It never runs out. I love that. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So as you're sitting here right now, the blessing of Abraham's upon you. Wow. Do you know in the Old Testament, God said, Abram, if you will get out of your house and out of your country and you follow me and go to a land that I tell you to go to, I'll make you rich. Do you know in the next chapter, it says, and God made Abraham, or it says, and Abraham was rich in cattle and silver and gold. When, when, when Abraham's servant went out to get Isaac, his son, a wife, he told the family of the wife, hey, you know, God made my servant Abraham, or my master Abraham, made him rich. He takes 300 and some of his servants and goes and conquers five kings to get his family back. Could you imagine? Um, I, I feed the camels. Yeah, here's a sword, come on. And God gave him the victory, and these kings are like, listen, man, you could keep all the stuff just give us the people back. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. No, I don't want any of it. We'll just, whatever we ate while we were doing this, great. But listen, I'm, I'm not going to take a shoelace from you in addition because I don't want any man to say he made Abraham rich or Abram rich. Liberal pool. This is the blessing of Abraham. Might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. In other words, as you are here tonight, you have been separated from the curse and you have been separated to the blessing. You're right, you've been separated to it. You are blessed. If God could ever get you to walk around saying you're blessed, guess what would happen? Being redeemed from spiritual death enables us now to have God's very life in us. As you're sitting here tonight, you have the very essence and life of God on the inside of you. As the Father has life in himself, He's given the Son to have life in himself. And then Jesus said, listen, this, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Same life. Overflowing supply. In other words, spiritual death, right, is defined as man's spirit was separated from God. That happened in the Garden of Eden. Physical death is simply a manifestation of spiritual death. 
Adam died spiritually the day he ate that fruit. Because, I mean, he was so glorious. His body was so glorious. It took over 900 and some years. How old was Adam? We don't know. It took 900 and some years after he ate the fruit and died spiritually in order for death to take over and, and kill his human body. Isn't that amazing? So we got to get this right. In other words, God did something in us so that he could put something on us. He had to make you brand new, fill you with his life, make you a brand new spirit. The Holy Spirit takes up residency in your heart. I'm talking about who you are right now, and then he puts something upon you, the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham, the word rich in the Bible means a full and overflowing supply. Sounds a lot like a liberal pool of resources. God says, Abram, I'll make you rich. Another benefit of the blessing of Abraham is I'll make your name great. The fact that you have this full and overflowing supply, God will also increase your influence. Why does he do that? So that you can, lead, you can literally just bear all your fruit in your season. And why does he do that? I'll make you rich. I'll make your name great. Why? So that you will be a blessing to others. The gospel message is this. Jesus has ransomed us from the curse so that God's blessing could come upon us. Wow. Christ hath redeemed us. Say this with me. Christ, Christ hath redeemed me from the curse of the law by being made a curse for me. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs upon a tree. He did that so the blessing of Abraham would come upon me so that I could receive the promise of the mighty Holy Spirit through faith. That's what happened. So the blessing of Abraham and the promise of the Spirit through faith, if you're taking notes, the blessing of Abraham plus the promise of the Spirit through faith equals all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In other words, Galatians 3.14 equals Ephesians 1.3. Okay? Keep this in mind. Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice, not either or, See, the Jews had temporal blessings. If they would serve God in the Old Testament, God would increase them financially. God would work in their life. God would bless them, right? They had temporal blessings. We have been given spiritual blessings. Now, we have spiritual blessings and temporal blessings. 
Spiritual blessings will produce the temporal blessings. It's not either or. Spiritual blessings actually enforce your temporal blessings. Pastor, what in the world are you talking about? The fact that Psalm 107.20 says he sent his word and healed me. Psalm 103, don't forget his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases. Matthew 8.17, Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. These are spiritual blessings. They will enforce the temporal, physical blessing of tumors disappearing, body being healed. We have been given all of it as a New Testament believer. If you don't understand heavenly places in Christ, you won't be able to understand the spiritual blessings. So literally, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, if you look at these Greek words, this is what it says literally. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, past tense, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the spirit realm in Christ. We are positionally seated at God's right hand in Christ right now. God wants you to live your life and base everything in this natural, temporal walk that you have and all your behavior. It's all to come out of your position with him who you've been made in Christ. Don't look at yourself as just a mere man. Yes, you're human, but you're not only human. You're a child of God. And you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in the spirit realm, and they will enforce all the temporal blessings. You've already been given it. In other words, you can take the spiritual blessings that are unlocked in the word of God, they're voice activated, and as you speak them and as you declare, as you declare, Father, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Now sickness, disease, pain, I command you in Jesus' name to leave my body and never come back. Poverty, lack, I declare that I've been redeemed from poverty and lack, and I have a full and overflowing supply. I'm prosperous. That's, see, when you declare it, that's when it'll happen for you because you're laying hold of it. In other words, as we said at the beginning, you're exercising your right to walk in it. So we're positionally seated with Christ right, at the Father's right hand. See, this is one reason that the church has substituted God's promises of temporal truth or temporal and material blessing. The church has substituted this. The temporal and material blessing as identified through the blessing of Abraham in the Old Testament, they've substituted it for the spiritual blessings that we've been given in Christ. They've done the either-or thing. But it's not either-or. We have it all. People think 
there was an exchange made. Right? They had this in the Old Testament. Now we have this in the New Testament. But the Bible does not say that we have a different or a substitute covenant. It doesn't say that. Hebrews 8.6 says, But now hath he, Jesus, obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. So in other words, it's not either or. We Keep your eye. See, you got to get this. Keep your eye on what the word says. We have been given a better covenant established on better promises. Notice it doesn't say we have two covenants. We have a better covenant. There's only one. A better one. So, Pastor, I'm a little confused because what about you got an old covenant and a new covenant? Okay. The fulfilling of the old covenant. God's covenant with the Jews, right, was fulfilled. Fulfilled. Done. How? Through the finished work of Jesus Christ, it completed it. God does not have one covenant with the Jews and another covenant with the church. God has one covenant with the family of God. Okay? God's people in the old covenant were the physical descendants of Abraham, but once Jesus came along, it became a spiritual family instead of a natural family. Jesus fulfilled the old one and he gave us a better one. What does that mean? So better means all of the material blessings plus being made a new creature in Christ. So you get all the material ones from the old, plus you've been made a new creature in Christ Jesus. The spiritual blessings, this is deep, they're in the spirit realm. Isn't that deep, right? What does all this mean? If you leave with nothing else, leave with this. You and I have been put in a new position. And Satan will spend your whole life telling you that you're not enough, you don't have enough, and you'll never amount to anything. And what you've been dealing with, see, past, past what? Failures produce future fears. No, 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 no. No, no, everything has been made new. You're a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Now everything, everything becomes new. Yeah, but pastor, I've messed up as a Christian. Yeah, and guess what? You're new right now. And oh, two minutes later, guess what? You're new right now. Why? Because you were saved, you're being saved, and you're always being saved. He always makes things new. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. See, we're in a new position now. In other words, now we have added the spiritual position. Abraham, he had a covenant, right? 
And he had a covenant partner who was a spirit being. His covenant partner was a spirit being. Who? God. Jesus, right? Abraham did not have a spiritual position, but you and I do. Wow. Abraham wasn't born again. See, we have a better covenant. Not only do we have everything that he had, but now we're made new creatures in Christ, and all that means. What does that mean? All spiritual blessings in, heavenlies, in the heavenlies. Now, now, what's amazing is Abraham walked because he knew God. He walked in a level of delegated authority. He did. He, he healed people, right? There was a level that he walked in, but it's nothing compared to what you and I have because he had a measure of a delegated authority, but now as a new creature in Christ, you have been given all authority in the name of Jesus, and you come from a position. See, I don't pray. We, we had a wonderful night of prayer last night. want to encourage all of you to come. It'll change your life. We were here for one hour, but you know what? We were positionally or temporally, we were sitting in this room praying, but we were positionally literally praying heaven to the earth. We weren't praying from the earth to heaven. I never pray from the earth to heaven. I pray from heaven to earth because I pray out of my position. I've been given a new position in Christ. See, Satan looks so big and bad. Things of this earth look so big and bad from down here, but you're never to view them from down here. I mean, when we, when we stand before the Lord, you step out of your body, you're going to be like, what? I put up with that? Because when you begin to see what you've been given in Christ, you'll be like, oh my gosh, I thought I wasn't good enough. But it's not even about that. It was all about Jesus, how good he is. I was begging God to do something. That is ridiculous. He loved me so much he sent Jesus. If he wouldn't withhold his only son, would he withhold anything from you? No. But you got to get this right. We have authority now to operate with God's help under God's umbrella of blessings and authority. Why? So that we can carry out his will on the earth. See, Abraham was totally dependent on God doing everything. God would bless the work of their hands. Now we have a spiritual position in Christ to use God's authority, God's power, and God's blessings that are in the name of Jesus to carry out God's plan and purpose in the earth in a much greater way. If I read that 20 times, you would start to go, wow. Okay, there's nobody screaming, so we better read this again. Now we have authority to operate 
Now, right now, this is what you have right now. You have authority in the name of Jesus to operate with God's help under God's umbrella of blessings. Under, with God's authority. I am in the earth as a child of God and I've got access to his blessing, his power, his authority. Right? I have it. So that you can carry out his will on the earth. So now I'm not, I don't have to rely on God coming and doing something. I have been given all this. So now as I believe and as I speak, guess what happens? He comes and does it. He backs up everything that's already been completed in Christ. He brings it to pass. He performs it. He's not coming to do it. He's coming to perform it. This is huge. Moses, we've talked about this before, is an Old Testament example. He's a type of a believer. Moses spoke to God face to face. Moses understood things about God that nobody else did. He's a type of a New Testament believer. He literally is a type of you. The Bible says he was the most humble man on the planet and he was the most used. That's why we should be walking in humility. And if you'll notice in your own life how much pride messes you up. Right? But Moses, Moses is the type of a New Testament believer. Well, do we ever see pride? Yeah. Yeah, we saw pride in Moses' life, kept him out of the promised land. In the same way, pride will keep you from laying hold of what God's... Now, now the promised land. In other words, Moses' pride. God told them to speak to the rock the second time, and he hid it. He just got fed up. He let let his circumstances dictate his mouth and he got in pride and he was unable to lay hold of something and walk in something that God had already given him. In the same way as a New Testament believer, we've already been given everything, but if we just get upset, get in our flesh, Let circumstances dictate our life. We're going to miss out on what God has. See, in Exodus chapter 14, read the story. It's amazing. So they literally eat the Passover lamb. Right? And the next day, they come out of Egypt. It's a type of a New Testament believer being born again. We come out of the delegated influence of darkness. We come out what? We come out healed. Do you know when you got born again, you got healed? You were made brand new. Do you know that your spirit man has never had a sniffly nose? Never had a headache? Nothing. Nothing. And you've been given authority to keep all that stuff out of your physical body. But they came out with more than enough provision. They already had it. They came out with everything, and now they're going to a place that God says, I've already given you. I'm going to take you to this land. It was an 11-day journey. Because of their unbelief, it took them 40 years. I know all about that. 
God called me to go to Bible school at 20, didn't get there till I was 30. Called me to pioneer a church when I was 20 years old. I knew I would pioneer a church. I knew it. Didn't do it till I was 45. Why? Because I was waiting on the Lord? No, I was stupid. I was filled with worthlessness. I was buying the enemy's lies. Right? My wife was sitting there going, she knew from a little girl that she was to be a pastor's wife and to help. And she knew and she watched her husband and would love me and support me and everything while I was stupid. But God never gave up on me. Thank God I just kept running back to the word. Kept running back to the word. Kept running back to the word. God will never give up on you. He knows who he's made you. Don't let the world define you. So now you have Moses. He's standing. He brings the people. He's going down this place. Now Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house as a military leader. He knew, and God led him to go in a valley to the Red Sea. He would have never done that because that's a compromised military position. He had cliffs on both sides of him. He had the Red Sea in front of him, and Pharaoh got ticked and goes, man, what, why did we let them go? Brings all of his chariots, all of his army, and now he's coming, right? Angel of the Lord that's going before them, he comes, he sees this, he comes and he goes behind them and, he's, and he stands between them. So now you have the children of Israel, they're at the Red Sea, the Egyptian army's coming to kill them, and, and the only thing stopping them is this angel. So, so Moses is still pretty bold, but he still didn't get it. But God helped him. He told the people, man, today God's going to deliver us. And God's going to do this and God's going to do that. And then he goes to God. He's like, hey, God, so I need you to do this for us. And God rebukes him. Read the story. God's like, what are you talking to me about this? Take what I gave you, a, a stick, which is a type of the name of Jesus, the rod. It's a type of the name of Jesus. God says he rebuked him. In the Hebrew language, it's a rebuke. Why are you bothering me, Moses? What, what is your problem? Take what I gave you and part the Red Sea. Not only part the Red Sea, but go over it on dry ground. Could you imagine Moses is like, Right? But don't get down on Moses, because guess what? You're going to have Red Sea moments where everything in the natural, it looks like it's over. And you have believers that are going home early because they're begging God in pain and agony, in sickness and disease, going, God, please help me. And God's up there going, I'm trying. I did everything already. The ball's in your court. You have to believe what I did. And, and what God is saying to all of us, what he's saying to you in your moment where it looks like there is no way it can ever work, he's saying, use the name. 
You use the name. I've already given you victory. I've already said to you, I always give you the victory. I've already said to you, listen, when you walk through the fire, it will not kindle upon you. I always cause you to triumph. I've already paid for your healing. I've already provided everything. As a matter of fact, I prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. So now, use my name and exercise your right from your place of authority that you have in me and change your circumstances. That's a believer. You're like, are you kidding me? Is it that easy? Yeah. Because you can't... Could Moses part the Red Sea in his own ability? Not only part the Red Sea, listen. Could you imagine if he could ever figure out how to part it, was he going to do blow on it to try to dry the ground? No, no. If you, you look at all these situations in the Word, impossible but God. And all of that stuff was written for us. And I'm telling you, we are living in a season. If, you'll, if you will literally meditate in these scriptures, the light will start going on and you'll begin to see who you are in Christ. We have believers that are afraid to tithe. Oh, if I don't, if I don't give God 10%, time out. You can't give God the first 10% of what you made you got to bring it because it's not yours. Right. Well, if I, you know, what do you mean tithes and offerings, Pastor? What do you mean come to church? I'm just so tired. I knew one pastor. Man, he started having church at 9 o'clock. But nobody get there at 9. So he, in all of his wisdom, he's like, well, maybe, well, you know, we'll start at 9.30. Then he noticed, man, people were coming late at 9.30. Why do people come late to anything with God? Because they don't know who they are. And they don't know who he is. Why does a human being not seek first the kingdom? It's because they're looking at the wrong stuff. It's not because they're a bad person. So give yourself a break. If you're watching online, give yourself a break. If you've been stupid like me, give yourself a break. But make a decision that, man, you know I'm all in on this deal. Because I'm telling you, God's word is true. And the Bible says that Moses simply obeyed. Could you imagine what was going on in his mind? Have you ever had somebody come to your door? Have you ever had 20 people come to your door with automatic weapons, yelling and screaming, beating on your door, I'm going to kill you? Have you ever had that happen? I've never had that happen. I played basketball in some pretty interesting parks and I remember one time, man, it was probably 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm driving down the court, Garfield Park in Decatur, Illinois. And I hear this pop, pop, pop. I'm on the ground. I'm flat, balls gone. I'm on the ground. And I've got 200 guys laughing at me. Get up. They never shoot over here. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? But... But not 20 people coming to kill me. Moses had the most powerful army on the planet. And, he, and, and when he talked to God, he turned back around and he said, okay. And he lifted the staff. And the Bible says when he lifted the staff, 
when he used the name of Jesus, the Bible said that God parted the Red Sea and he dried the ground so that they can go over. In the same way that in the darkest hour, God will eradicate sickness from your body. But he's got to get you to use the name. Man, I've got 18 pages of notes. I am on page 7, though. That's, that's pretty good. God has victory for you. But it's on the other side of what you can see in the natural. And God will spend time with you to prove to you that you can trust him. So I want to encourage you in that. you got to exercise your right. Notice in this story, the Red Sea didn't part and the ground was not dry when God moved. The Red Sea parted and the ground was dried by God when Moses moved. This is just one story. Now I could tell in the hearts of all of us right now, the Spirit of God is stirring you right now to not put up with stuff in your life. To change. To get, for some of you, well, not I shouldn't say it, for all of us, it's to get out of the boat. See, we live out of the boat. That's the walk of faith. I'm here to tell you that God will never leave you. He'll never fail you. He'll never forsake you. Wow. In other words, the place in Ephesians 1.3 of all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, that is a place of authority. And that's where you're at. You have been given a place of authority. I will not let my kids, the world won't have my kids, the world won't have my grandkids. Nobody's going to come break down my door and steal and kill and destroy in my house. No, no, no. Do I own a gun? No. But I have angels. That's why Jesus' blood was not spilled. Don't ever think it was spilled. He shed it. He said, man, I could have, what did he say? How many legions of angels? All all he had to say was, you know what, I'm done with this. One angel killed 186,000 people in one night. And he had legions of them. Do you realize as you're sitting here tonight, see, you, you see, you see things. If you live according to your behavior and your, and, and your situation, it might look hopeless. But if you see yourself as God sees you from the position that he's placed you in Christ, you are more than a conqueror. And God, if you'll use the name of Jesus, will change every situation and every circumstance. It has to bow. The Bible says every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. The Bible says that he was given a name above every name in heaven, on earth, under the earth, in this age, and in the ages to come. Everything bows to Jesus. 
cancer bows to Jesus, right? Depression, anxiety, it has to bow. We live, we live on the earth, but we have a place of spiritual authority. What place? The same place that Jesus had when he came out of the grave. Now the mature believer won't pray for God to do things for him. He already knows it's done. Wow. Ephesians 2.6 says, And hath raised us up together and made us sick together. Hath. Already done. Made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When you stand before the throne of God... You're going to be sitting, you're going to be, you're going to be just going, wow. This is the most glorious thing I've ever seen. And for the first time in my existence, I feel like I'm at home. I feel like I've been sitting here for a long time. That's the way it'll be, because you are. That's the reality. Once you know God's will, it is a matter of acting on your authority in the name of Jesus, to carry it out. Well, is it God's will that you be sick or healed? Healed. Healed. Is it God's will that you be in lack or that you have more than enough? More than enough. Is it God's will that you have depression, anxiety, fear, or that you have peace, joy, quiet assurance? It's very clear in the word. Is there anything in God's word about him saying that, well, you just have to decrease Nope, the Lord is my shepherd and I will not lack. That word in the Hebrew language, I will not want, it means I will not, I will not lack, I will not decrease, and I will not be diminished. In other words, you right now have been given everything that you need. This is a message for the body of Christ. I mean, think about if we would just walk in our authority, right? Christians are watching the news. They're they're watching the internet and they're just like, what are we going to do? And God's up there going, don't cry to me. Use the name. And change it. And if we'll use the name as God directs, God will change it. This How he comes and heals, that's how he does it. I'm telling you, tonight I hope you go home just so excited. Because see, this is not based on your past failures. This is based only on one thing. It's based on what Jesus did. We're, we don't, we're not, we're not, you don't have to deserve this. You don't have to be good enough for this. This has been given to you. It didn't say Tony has redeemed himself. No, it says Christ has. Amen?